Welcome to the April 10th, 2019 edition of the Crypto.IQ Daily Radio Show, where we do a deep dive market analysis every day and talk about the most interesting stories in the Bitcoin and crypto space. This is your host Space Marine live from space. So Bitcoin is still stuck below that $5,300 level this morning. There's been three times since this rally started about maybe 10 days ago that Bitcoin has hit $5,300 or a little higher, but it has been rejected each time. Yesterday afternoon, Bitcoin got as high as 52.40, but was once again pushed back by the evening to below 5200, as low as maybe 51.70. And then overnight and into this morning, Bitcoin has been on a slow uptrend, and now it's at 52.60. So once again, we are making another run towards that 5300 dollars level. It's very strong resistance low, and it stretches from 5300 dollars to probably up to 5400 dollars. That's the depth of the resistance level. So we would have to get to 5400 dollars and stay up there. In order to say this resistance level is broken, it'll probably be really obvious when this resistance level breaks low, because it'll probably come via a short squeeze, just like the past resistance levels have been broken with short squeezes. And that's, you could see that happen when Bitcoin's price jumps like really fast. Like within one hour, it jumps like hundreds of dollars. That's almost always because of a short squeeze, and that's usually what it takes to knock out a real resistance level. We saw it at like 3,900, 4,000, 4,200. We saw short squeezes whenever Bitcoin broke those levels. And what a short squeeze is, is basically uh, when someone has a short uh, trade, like a short position, in order to close that position, they have to buy Bitcoin. So let's say the price of Bitcoin rises to a certain level and someone closes out their short position. They have to buy Bitcoin to cover their short, and that causes Bitcoin's price to rise even more. And Bitcoin's price rising causes other shorts to close, and then more Bitcoin is bought to close those shorts out. And then Bitcoin's price rises even more, and it's like a feedback loop. And it takes about maybe an hour, maybe up to two hours at the most, where you're seeing like a rapid rise in Bitcoin's price as all the short positions are wiped out. So there's probably a strong layer of shorts between like $5,300 and $5,400, somewhere in that range. Because we're seeing pretty heavy resistance right now. Bitcoin is having a very hard time approaching 5300 But it's possible. Bitcoin has been on a strong uptrend since early February. And the trend has been that resistance levels are being successively wiped out. And... I think it's more likely than not that we'll see Bitcoin rise above 5300 get through that level because CME Bitcoin futures traders likely went long for the month of April based on how much Bitcoin has gone up since that March expiration at the end of March. So it's likely that CME Bitcoin futures traders went long and combined with pre-existing buying pressure that has been building in the market, especially since early February. So there's a lot of upside pressure for Bitcoin and I think we probably will get through this level. It's not guaranteed though. And if Bitcoin doesn't get through this level, it would go back to support. We have definitely a support level around $5,100. And the support level in general has been rising, which is a bullish sign. But if it gets deflected downwards today, it, would, it could go as low as $5,100. Moving on to the rest of the market analysis. So since Bitcoin has been pretty much steadily rising uh, since yesterday evening, the crypto market's in the green. Ethereum is up 1.6%. It's back at $180, $19 billion market cap. And to put that in perspective, Bitcoin's at a $93 billion market cap now. Uh, XRP Ripple's up 1.4%, $14.9 billion market cap. Litecoin's up 0.8%. It's trading near $88. We still haven't hit that $100 mark yet. Next time we see a big rally, let's say we wipe out that resistance level for Bitcoin, then we could see Litecoin hit $100. Bitcoin Cash is up 1.2%. It's back over $300 at $303 to be specific. And right now, Litecoin is ahead of Bitcoin Cash in the market cap rankings, but they're very, very close. Like Litecoin has a $5.394 billion market cap, 
and Bitcoin Cash is a $5.367 billion market cap. So we could see uh, Bitcoin Cash and Litecoin kind of like flip-flopping between number four and number five on the coin market cap rankings. They're very close, and they've been kind of like switching positions over and over over the past week or so. EOS is up 6.6%. So why is EOS rallying more than anything this morning? It's because EOS is being added to Coinbase, and that's pretty big news. EOS is a major cryptocurrency, one of the top ones, and it's finally being added to Coinbase, which will give it direct exposure to a lot more people in the United States. So Coinbase is like the most popular exchange in the United States. It's the easiest one to use for like retail customers, like mainstream people that want to buy crypto. So now EOS will be one of the options available. So it's up 6.6%. And we're this is like a real Coinbase effect, finally. Uh, for When Ripple and Stellar were added to Coinbase not so long ago, maybe like a month or so ago, they didn't rally at all. Like, there was no Coinbase effect. But then again, the market was also a lot more bearish back then. Like, the market got a lot more bullish over the past week or two. So... Now EOS is being added to Coinbase in a bullish environment. We're seeing that Coinbase effect where it's actually rallying a lot. So I think maybe it has a lot to do with the market sentiment, whether being listed on a Coinbase causes a rally or not. Because when we're in a bullish environment, then any sort of good news could cause any crypto to rally. In a bearish environment, you could have like some amazing news, like getting added to Coinbase, and then there's no rally at all. It's just because the whole market's bearish. Binance Coin is up 0.4%. It's holding steady pretty much. And we probably will see a rally with Binance Coin sometime this month because the Binance Dex will go live this month, supposedly. I saw that uh, announcement like a, several days ago. There's still no exact date that it's launching, but it should happen this month and that would cause Binance Coin to rally because the Binance Dex has the potential to be the biggest Dex decentralized exchange ever because Binance is like the biggest exchange ever. Uh, Stellar. Down 0.2%. So not everything is up this morning, but we're not really seeing any losses either. The only other crypto that's down is Dash, which is down 0.8%. So there's no severe losses this morning. It's mostly semi-bullish, but really we're just recovering losses from like yesterday. Because before Bitcoin was down maybe as low as 51.50 yesterday, it was uh, on April 8th, late on April 8th, it was as high as like 5,300. So... On April 8th, Bitcoin was at like $5,300, got rejected. Yesterday it was trading a bit lower, and now it's rising back towards 5300 So I wouldn't really call it bullish. It's just kind of like steady state. Moving on with the rest of the market analysis, Cardano is up 3.7%. We've seen Cardano do very well over the past several weeks. It's usually been rallying more than other cryptos, and today it is up more than others. It's up 3.7%. Tron up 0.8%. Bitcoin SV up 0.9%. It's around $80. Monero up 2.3%. IOTA is up 0.8%. And then Dogecoin. Dogecoin did pretty bad yesterday from what I remember. But today it's up 4.2%. So Dogecoin's recovering some of its losses from the past few days. In general, Dogecoin's been doing very good since the rally started maybe like 10 days ago or so. And it was actually up like maybe almost 100% at one point. But it gave back a lot of those gains. But now it's trying to gain again up 4.2%. So that completes the market analysis for the day. To sum this up, basically all eyes are on that $5,300 to $5,400 resistance level for Bitcoin. If that can break, then we're poised for another big crypto rally, another few bullish days where we see some big gains. If that level holds, then we could see some bearish sentiment take hold. We might slide down lower. Moving on to the first interesting story of the day. So Bitstamp has received the New York Bit license, and now they're allowed to trade cryptocurrency in the state of New York. 
And just to explain what the bit license is, back when this launched in like 2014, when they created the bit license, it caused like waves through the crypto space and lots of fear. Uh, because back then, peer-to-peer uh, -peer Bitcoin dealing was a major industry. And the bit license kind of like was an omen or a precursor to the end of Bitcoin dealing in the United States. So the bit license made it absolutely illegal to trade Bitcoin in, the, uh, in New York uh, without the license. And the license is very hard to get. We're only seeing really huge crypto firms get this license and it's taken years. I mean, that was like 2014, maybe 2015. It's like 2019. We're finally seeing Bitstamp, one of the biggest exchanges in the world, get the bit license. So it's not easy to get the bit license. It takes years to get it, even if you have lots of money and lots of lawyers. So basically, the bit license effectively shuts down peer-to-peer -peer Bitcoin trading, and that's been the real effect of it. But at the very least, we're seeing uh, big crypto companies, like, they're actually able to get it. At first, like, no one had the bit license for a while. And everyone's thinking, okay, they basically just banned Bitcoin in New York, but Bitcoin's not banned in New York. It's just you have to buy it through like a real big exchange that has the bit license. In fact, Bitcoin ATMs are now legal in New York too because uh, the Bitcoin ATM operators, Cottonwood Vending and Liberty X, um, they have received the license. And by the way, Liberty X is not like a standard Bitcoin ATM. I think they might have Bitcoin ATMs now, but like literally you go to a store, um, you buy like a voucher. Uh, that like represents the amount of Bitcoin you're buying and then you cash it in pretty much. So it's like a way to like have Bitcoin ATMs in like every convenience store like Walgreens could have it for example or like Walmart or something. So Liberty X is like a really unique way to like buy Bitcoin where you could buy it at pretty much any convenience store that has Liberty X available. So yeah, it's easy to buy Bitcoin in New York now. So that's the good news. Bitcoin was not banned in New York. Uh, but at the same time, Bitcoin dealing is definitely totally dead in New York. It might not be. I mean, there's probably an underground Bitcoin dealing market in New York. Uh, but at the same time, that's pretty much the case in the rest of the United States, so it's no different there. But yeah, the history is the New York bit license was pretty much like the sign that Bitcoin dealing was coming to an end in the United States. And right now, Bitcoin dealing in the United States is pretty much illegal under almost all circumstances. I think you could trade very small amounts peer-to-peer, -peer, like less than $600 a year or something. That might be the rule. But if anyone's going to try to make it a business, it's totally black market at this point. Moving on to the next story. So there's this YouTube streamer called PewDiePie. And I don't know who he is, but apparently he's very popular. He has 93.7 million subscribers. And he has jumped from YouTube to DLive. I'm sure he's still on YouTube, but like he's going to be using the blockchain platform DLive to do some of his live streams. And uh, the point of DLive is instead of, like, half the money going to, like, the streaming company, like, I think that's the way it works with Twitch. So Twitch is a very popular company uh, where, like, influencers, people that are popular stream stuff and they receive money. Like, they sell subscriptions there. Like, each influencer or each person using Twitch would sell subscriptions or ask for donations and then they get, like, half of it pretty much. And that's actually the reality. I'm reading that here. Like, 50% of it is taken from them. Uh... Well, DLive takes no percentage from them because it's, like, decentralized pretty much. So PewDiePie is testing out DLive because he would get, like, 100% of the money that's sent to him for donations and subscriptions. And at the same time, he's given out, like, $50,000 on it to, like, 100 different creators. So, like, if you launch a channel on DLive and actually really launch a channel and it's good or something, I guess PewDiePie might give you, like, $500 or something. That's what it sounds like. So, yeah, that's all very interesting. But at the same time, I have seen multiple um youtube competitors that are blockchain like uh this is not the first one so dlive is getting some media recognition right now because pewdiepie has gone there but simultaneously uh there are 
blockchain decentralized apps, whatever you want to call them, that have tried to create a YouTube competitor where basically it's like YouTube, but it's like through the blockchain and people receive a cryptocurrency um, instead of like actual US dollars. So it's like usually like there's a native cryptocurrency with DLive. It's called Lino, L-I-N-O. So if someone's getting like money through DLive, they would get that cryptocurrency. But this is a model that's already been existing for a while and it's usually not been very popular in fact that's the case with most dApps dApps have a very hard time competing with centralized apps so even the most popular dApps in the world have like maybe a thousand active users per day compared to like millions of active users per day for like the most popular centralized apps or even like hundreds of millions of active users per day for like facebook i guess so yeah like decentralized apps have not been very competitive with uh the real apps, like the centralized apps. And like I said, this is not the first platform that's a blockchain platform to compete with YouTube. It just hasn't been successful so far. Maybe DLive has a better chance now because it's gotten so much media recognition from PewDiePie going over there and doing a giveaway. But at the same time, I tend to think YouTube will not even be threatened by DLive and it's not going to make much of a difference. While there is some merit to having a decentralized streaming platform where the content creators get like 100% of their income, that's pretty cool. Simultaneously, this goes into the argument like not everything needs blockchain. So we've been seeing that a lot, especially with this ICO boom that we had where like they were putting blockchain on everything. They were putting the blockchain brand on every type of thing possible. Like, you know, retail stores that run through the blockchain, any sort of regular app like Facebook, um, or like Reddit, like for example, Reddit's uh, blockchain equivalent is like Steam. And so we've been seeing uh, like everything branded with blockchain, but you don't really need blockchain for everything. So this is another case of that. Like for YouTube to function, it definitely does not need blockchain. But then we see someone launching a version of YouTube that works with blockchain. It's not really necessary at all. These apps work fine without blockchain. And so that's a problem we've seen, and that's why the ICO boom went so bust, because most of the ICOs were stuff that was already done with centralized apps, and then they threw blockchain into it, and it wasn't really needed, so it didn't gain any recognition, because people literally were not going to abandon YouTube or Facebook or Reddit uh, for something with a blockchain, because the things that already existed, like YouTube, Facebook, and Reddit, already worked perfectly, and there was already tons of users on there. So uh, blockchain dApps have a very hard time of competing with the regular apps, Moving on to the next story. So this is a very interesting crime story. It's unique. I've never seen one like this. There was someone actually scamming the dark web. So the dark web is kind of like the Onion browser where you have Tor and it's like hidden from the rest of the internet. And um, basically people access it through downloading the Onion browser and then typing in the dark web address they want to go to. And they attain these addresses. It's called like an onion address. And they're very complex. It's kind of like a Bitcoin address where it has like a bunch of letters and numbers. That's usually how an onion address is. And so they would get these links off of dark web forums. And I think even Reddit actually is like Reddit's kind of like the portal for that, believe it or not. But anyways, there's actually forums on the dark web and people go, you know, they type in the links from those forums and then they go to the dark web marketplace and I guess they buy drugs and other illegal things. Otherwise, they wouldn't be on the dark web. They'd be using Amazon to buy, you know, legal things. But anyway, so this guy was posting fake links on dark web forums. Like it was links that he created that appeared to be like the dark web marketplace he was imitating. So it looked exactly like it. Like the login page would be the same. And also since the address is so complex for like each of these dark web marketplaces, uh, the users literally had no idea that they were 
on a hacked website. So they typed in their credentials for the dark web marketplace, and nothing would happen, I guess. And then they'd be like, oh, well, that was the wrong link. And then they would go to the actual dark web marketplace through the real address. Um, and let's say they deposited some Bitcoin into it, or they already had Bitcoin in their address. So let's say the case, someone already has Bitcoin on their dark web marketplace of choice, but they accidentally used this fake address from this hacker. All their Bitcoin would be withdrawn by the hacker. And let's say they go into the dark web marketplace and deposit some Bitcoin after accidentally giving their credentials over to the hacker through the fake link. The Bitcoin would instantly disappear. So this hacker was basically collecting credentials of users of the dark web marketplaces and monitoring their accounts to see if Bitcoin was in there and he would take it out. And so basically he was scamming people that were committing crimes already. And that's like really strange. And then the weirdest part is uh, he got arrested for this and he's going to prison for a year. And he has to forfeit um, the $352,000 that he made. And I'm sure that's not the exact amount he made. This is what the courts could identify. Uh, because this is the dark web that we're talking about here in this case, and it's very hard to trace stuff, so I have a feeling he probably got a lot more than that, but that's the speculation. So anyways, he had to forfeit $352,000, and also, uh, he's going to prison. So literally, uh, they arrested someone and sent someone to prison that was actually causing chaos on the dark web, and the dark web's literally where criminals do illegal things. So he was bringing like sorrow to criminals that were you know buying illegal stuff, in a more extreme way than the cops could ever imagine. Like, the cops could not even terrorize the dark web this bad. But then they arrested him anyways and sent him to prison because stealing is still stealing. And, yeah. So I think that's just all very unique and a strange case. Moving on to the next story. So Bitcoin has surpassed its 400 millionth transaction that happened two days ago on April 8th. So literally in the history of Bitcoin, there's been about 400 million transactions that's a pretty big deal. That's a lot of transactions. Simultaneously, that's only like one transaction for like each person in the United States. A little more. There's like, I think around 300 and maybe 30 million people in the United States. So it's about one transaction for every person in the United States in the whole history of Bitcoin though. So there's a lot of, like, this is good news. Yeah, Bitcoin has hit 400 million transactions and that's a lot of transactions. That shows how good Bitcoin is. Literally 400 million transactions have been successfully sent with Bitcoin. Simultaneously, it shows how much room there is to grow for Bitcoin. For example, Visa, one of the most popular credit card companies in the world, does 150 million transactions per day. So in three days, Visa does more transactions than Bitcoin has ever done in its entire history. And then we also know simultaneously that Bitcoin is superior as a currency. It's more secure than Visa. Visa could be charged back. So Bitcoin is better for merchants. Like if a merchant receives Bitcoin for a product, the Bitcoin cannot get charged back. It cannot get reversed. But a Visa transaction can get reversed. And the fact that credit card transactions can be reversed is one of the things that can actually destroy businesses and bring sorrow. Even to a successful business, they're constantly dealing with chargebacks over PayPal and Visa and stuff. And yeah, it's like a nightmare. So Bitcoin's way more secure. It's way better for like business. And also, you could send it anywhere in the world instantly and for very low fees. The Visa fees are much higher than Bitcoin. So... Bitcoin is superior to Visa, yet simultaneously we see Visa doing, in three days, the same amount of transactions that Bitcoin has done in the entire time Bitcoin has existed. So this shows how we're still in the very early days of Bitcoin, and Bitcoin has a lot of room to grow, and it will grow. I'm 100% sure uh, Bitcoin is going to keep scaling up and become one of the top global ways to send money. And also you can look at the market cap for Bitcoin. Bitcoin's market cap is $93 billion. Uh, 
there's tens of trillions of dollars in the stock market and bond markets. And like gold itself has a $10 trillion market. Bitcoin only has a $93 billion market cap. So easily Bitcoin should get to a trillion dollar market cap, especially if we see that style crash. We talked about that on a past show several days ago, how the bond guild curve inverted. And that indicates there's probably a big stock crash coming sometime in the next year or two. When we finally see a stock crash, and by the way, during the entire time Bitcoin has existed, stocks have been rallying. Like since 2009, that's when Bitcoin launched. The stocks have been going straight up pretty much. Only in the past year has the stocks like kind of gone sideways and volatile, which is the first sign that this bull run for stocks is breaking. Anyways, when stocks actually start to crash, there's probably going to be a lot of diversification into Bitcoin because Bitcoin... Um, even a small fraction of the money in the stock market being diversified into Bitcoin would cause a rally and then Bitcoin rallying would cause more people to invest in Bitcoin. It would be like a rapid feedback loop at the same time that stocks are being hammered and bond rates go to zero during a stock crash. So Bitcoin will be one of the only profitable options during a stock recession and a stock recession is inevitable. We did not enter a dimension where the stock market does not crash anymore, even though it might feel like that because it's been like 10 years since a stock crash at this point. But no, the stocks always crash at some point. That's just like a law of nature, and Bitcoin's ready for that. And so the market cap alone at $93 billion shows how much room it has to grow. Literally, it'll easily get to 10 times more of its value than it is right now, easily. And then we also see the transaction rate, 400 million transactions in the entire lifetime of Bitcoin versus, you know, Visa, which does that in three days. So, yeah, Bitcoin has a lot of room to grow, and this is the early days. So if you're listening to this show and you're one of the few Bitcoin holders in the world or at least interested in Bitcoin, you're lucky. You're in a really good position to jump on Bitcoin when it's still very new, before it gains a ton of value. That's all I have for you today on this April 10th, 2019 edition of the Crypto.IQ Daily Radio Show. Come back tomorrow for another exciting episode and go to Crypto.IQ for the most interesting stories in the Bitcoin and crypto space. Also join the Crypto.IQ trading desk. They have made 314% profit since July, even in the worst of the bear market. And if you join the Crypto.IQ trading desk, you can see their trades in real time with a full trade analysis for each trade. And just reading that alone, you can become an expert cryptocurrency trader and learn about all the technical parameters and market analysis. But then you can ask our expert Crypto.IQ traders any question you want, and they'll answer your questions in real time. So joining the Crypto.IQ trading desk is the best way to become a profitable and expert cryptocurrency trader. This is your host, Space Marine, signing out. I remain in space.